Welcome back to another episode of Shanghai, the city that never eats. Shanghai is indisputably one of the world's culinary capitals. But do you remember that time when it went on a diet? And we're not talking about Atkins or keto here. I'm your host George Papavasiliu, and in this limited podcast series, I'll be chatting with people who experienced house arrest during Shanghai's month-long lockdown, and how they were getting, or more accurately, not getting. After two very long months, those of us living in Shanghai emerged from our forced cocoons, eager to rediscover the outside world. For a second, it seemed as though the huge mess was finally subsiding, and the city would actually take up its glamorous reputation as China's cosmopolitan powerhouse, the home to so many of the wonderful businesses we have come to love. Or would it? Well, as it so happens, most of Shanghai was out of lockdown in the first few days of June, but in fact, things were not at all so simple. When I stepped out of my apartment complex for the first time in months, I really didn't believe that things could return to normal overnight. Of course, that was wishful thinking. When I went to go meet a group of friends to celebrate our release, I was walking down the streets in Huangpu District and noticed that it was nearly impossible to buy anything—not even a bottle of water from a convenience store. When we all gathered together. We spent the better part of an hour looking for a coffee shop that was open, not to sit inside, mind you. No, that we were just looking for a place that was doing takeout. Spending that much time looking for a coffee shop that's open sounds a bit ridiculous, given how much Shanghai prides itself on being the city with the most coffee shops, yada yada yada. By the time that I got back, I was not only exhausted but I felt dehydrated. Literally, the only beverage kind of liquid that was available outside was the americano that I got from a makeshift coffee shop that may or may not have been operating legally. In the days that followed, it was quite clear that things were not back to normal. It took about another week and a half before most employers requested their employees to return to the office. Even then, food and beverage and any type of entertainment business remained closed. With most of the former ones only doing takeout. Ah, whatever. I told myself, "Suck it up, Buttercup," because it's better to have takeaway than it is to cook every single day for three meals with limited ingredients. The reality, though, was much more tragic. For those of you who tuned in to the episode where I interviewed Emma, we had promised to meet up for gelato when the lockdown was over, but of course, it was not meant to be. Grom. A well-known gelato place in Shanghai had closed, and it was only the first one in a long line of casualties. Shanghai's famous F&B scene was being reshaped before our very eyes, with one of the major reasons being that they were forced to close without making income for several months. Obviously, as this episode airs, it's already been more than one month that people were released from their homes, but it's obvious that the city is definitely not back to normal. I don't think the true extent of damage has actually started to show, but we're definitely up for some nasty surprises in the coming months, as as hits to Shanghai's GDP translate into real businesses closing down. Luckily, many owners are not going down without a fight, like RJ and his partner Darren, who own an LGBT bar in Shanghai. 
and have been under enormous pressure to make ends meet. We're actually recording on site today. Um, RJ was very gracious to allow us to come here and do this recording. So why don't you just tell us a little bit about your history in Shanghai? Because you've obviously been here for many years. Many years. So just tell us a little bit about how you got here and, and how you've started kind of doing what you do. First, welcome to Hunt. Uh, Thank you. Hunt uh, has been here for a long time, but I actually came earlier. Uh, 2007, I arrived China to in my first ever trip uh, out of Middle East. I came here to study my master's, which I wasn't expecting that I will stay that long. And it was in like a three years program, which I wanted to extend more after fall in love in the city. And I stayed here until I finished my master's. Then I start figuring out what to do next. So I mean, obviously, this is this is interesting that you decided to stay in China after your master's, but you were doing something completely different. Obviously, completely different. Uh, from my first year here, I start doing theater. Yeah. In 2007, I joined the East West Theater, which was the only expat uh, theater group uh, in English. And uh, from them, I got to be the producer and one of their actors and uh, opened to me a lot of other doors. They are more accepting. So I came out actually after that and they were supporting a lot. Uh, then, yeah, from that, because I started doing production for the theater, it came to me that, okay, to do an event for theater, like a, a show, it's all about finding a venue, uh, finding sponsors, putting uh, things together like director and actors, selling some tickets and uh, voila, you have a show. So I thought, okay, we can do the same for gay parties, which I thought it need more like a pump up with the style. So I start finding venues and putting things together, a DJ or a drag, and then you have an event. Can you tell us a little bit about what the the situation was like at the time, maybe like LGBT situation in China? Uh, by that time, we had a few venues available, uh, Eddie's and the studio, and uh, not so much going on th during the weekdays, mostly on weekends. So that's why first event I did was on a Wednesday, which is midweek, uh, hum day. And uh, I thought, okay, we need something during the week. Uh, also, as I said, I came out here in China, Shanghai, and the theater group who supported me uh, gave me also that power to do something different. So I thought, mm -hmm. okay, there I get power from those people or my friends. Now I can transfer it to many people who also need this. So yeah, I started doing my events in a smaller scale and it, it grew so fast and grew so big. Like I remember the first days we had like six to eight people, then it become very packed on a Wednesday, sometimes even better than weekends that's why also gave me to mm. expand more to do thursdays tuesdays and fridays then become bigger party on a saturday night we bought happiness in 2019 right before pandemic which is greatest time to have <laughs> any business starting so we actually changed the name on uh, november end of november 2019, 2019. and yes uh by the pandemic starting uh, or everything shut down on the Chinese New Year 2020. Uh, yeah, then we changed the name and we start pushing harder probably after the pandemic. Mm. 
Okay, well, I think probably that's a good point where we can dive into maybe the present. Okay. Because obviously, um, for those who were in China, like myself and yourself in 2019, uh, and we saw the beginning of, of kind of the, the COVID pandemic here. I remember Shanghai was locked down in January. January, it started swirling True. around. And then February, I think, we, we kind of had this... Um, Lockdown. We were allowed we to go out. We started exactly Chinese New Year. We had actually a here yes. event on Chinese New Year uh, night, and around eleven, we received a call to shut it down, mm. and we had to ask people to leave. Uh, it was I think twenty fourth of January, yeah. if I remember. Then from there, Went we had to stop for uh, almost forty days. We opened March, early March, March. Fifth, I think. Yeah. And then, uh, yes, uh, we started uh, the same week actually w uh, with the drag race viewing and was <laughs> crazy night. We wouldn't expect that people right after pandemic will be out and was crowded actually. And then, yeah, we start doing more and more events. It seemed like it was different that time because so I, I was here with my parents. I brought my parents to China in December 2019 to visit for the first time. And we ended up traveling to Japan, Korea. And when we were in Korea, we were about to come back. We saw everyone start wearing masks and it was kind of this weird, weird thing. But when we got back to Shanghai, it was like, oh, suddenly there's no flights out. Really, mm -hmm. um, everyone's kind of stuck. And my parents ended up staying for three months. We could go out at the time. Everything was closed except supermarkets. Mm -hmm. You could still go yes, buy you can, things. You can go out. You, we, we were going out every day. There, were, there was no restrictions on that. You can buy stuff, walk around, but there's not so much open. No. But yeah, at least you can go to the supermarkets at some point. Yeah. There were also not so many cases back then in Shanghai. And I don't even think they really knew what they were dealing with. I mean, it was, this was just coming out and they're like, okay, there's this thing, it's called COVID, we don't really know much true, about it. True, true, true. But, but we um, also had the uncertainty, what will be next, what will, will mm. happen. You you had the whole world looking at you, yeah. and we were the first... Uh, case study experiment. Yeah, case study experiment. And then uh, you have all this paranoia from your parents, from your friends, go back home and run away. It's like... How can I just just leave? And they even offered the flights to, for example, Jordan offered the flights yeah, for all their citizens, and we could have even leave for free, just yeah. to leave. But it wasn't uh, even a choice for me. I have a boyfriend. I have business. I cannot just leave. Obviously, this is now 2022. 2022. 22. Um, when was it? I think we went into lockdown March 30th. March. 29th 30th roughly true um and we were officially not able to leave our apartments as of april 1st true tell us a little bit about what your experience in the lockdown during the this wave of covid in shanghai was like uh this one uh started actually earlier because during uh, late february early march already the news start spreading there are cases but we did not probably take it uh as serious as it came later. So the business actually, we had event here on uh, the first weekend of March and was actually a very successful one. Then the second weekend, we still allowed to open, but there were no people. Like the, the amount of numbers drops re really bad. Uh, like you had 15, 20 people only here, but we were still allowed to open. But then after we had to, 
to stop the business even before the April 1st. We stopped the business uh, so mid-March and uh, we experienced actually six days uh, of lockdown earlier. Okay, just this building area. or this the, oh, the or area? Our, com- our compound, only our compound, okay. not here. I, I live in Shukwe. Okay. Uh, that was the first taste of this uh, intense mm. lockdown. You cannot leave the house. Yeah. It was like, but still you can order stuff. So it, was, it wasn't as like uh, big. You can yeah. still order stuff to your place. March, uh, for April 1st, did we get the four days warning that we will lock down the Pushi area after Pudong already closed. And here was a bit of uh, panic, not enough information, and we did not know, uh, shall we buy for really four days or more? We probably bought more stuff until like 10 days, but we start running out during that period and the panic started. What will happen? We're running out of uh, vegetables or we're running out of food. Uh, we're moving from the bed to the sofa. Yeah, we were exercising at home to motivate ourselves, watching stuff, but still, you always look for the end of something. But whenever this end that you expected to end, it didn't end. It kept going. So it was harder, I think, in the beginning of the lockdown than later on, because maybe you get used to. Mm. Maybe you, you had... Uh, more of uh, I don't know what to say uh, like you did not give yourself a false hope probably yeah that's what maybe was better than having a false hope that oh by news they were saying April uh, mid-April we will leave or 20th of April we will leave and so on this these dates that were coming out as rumors uh, affected you later when it, you reach it and then nothing happened. We had a case in our building and also you don't know what will do. Some people say don't open the windows, don't uh, use the elevator, but you still need to go the test and the test, you don't know what to do. Even the con- like uh, contacting with the neighbors was a bit weird. You have the mask, you don't want to touch them. Some yeah. people spraying things while you are in the elevator. It's like a uh, very weird experience. Do you generally keep your place stocked like with with essentials or is it kind of you buy only whenever you want to cook kind of thing? I think we buy what we want to cook. We don't have a big refrigerator. Uh, Probably a few things you still have like the rice, the cans of stuff. I like to make my own hummus so sometimes we have these things. But yeah, it's not enough for sure to last you that long. But you said you, you live in Shuhui, right? I live in Shuhui, yes. So we heard, like, I mean, we the, news, so was, much yeah, packages, the yes. news was going around that Shuhui is living off imported Australian AAA grade beef and, and etc., which I think maybe is true. I saw pictures it is of it true. circulating. It is, we, we were getting more packages than any other districts, and probably our building was getting a lot. We got like 16 or 17 wow. boxes. And the, but the, these boxes, it comes randomly. They will not tell you what they will come with, what 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 stuff in it. Sometimes you don't have anything, and there is no packages. Once you buy something, these packages come. So at the same time, you don't know where to store them, how to store them, how to eat them. Mm. So many stuff they give us, we don't know what it is. Uh, even my boyfriend is Chinese. He still don't know how to cook <laughs> these stuff. 
sometimes we just give to the neighbors or to the bow and the guard at the door do you guys eat spam like the the packet? they give us so much spam yeah, i we God. don't eat he tried once i can't eat pork yeah obviously yeah. uh he tried once he thought it's too salty so we just gave them away what about those packaged ducks the air air package we gave duck. all away <laughs> Lots of duck uh, eggs. Yeah, I, I think we, we still have like 20 duck eggs that they gave us. And I'm like, okay, I'm not sure. We, we had one or two with some congee. Some people love them. Like they said, they smashed them with the rice. We were talking about it last weekend, actually. Some people said they love them. Yeah, I mean, I, I like them too. But in lockdown, when you're really like, okay, it's fine line between love and i think and during the lockdown you start graving things i'm not a guy who will have like nutella in years i haven't used nutella and um, other things like chips i don't buy chips at home at all but these things before even lockdown i bought some maybe i don't know what to buy also and after you started graving these stuff maybe boredom maybe withdrawal just sugar withdrawal things. All of the things, yeah, you probably don't think of. Uh, we had also one time to celebrate his birthday during lockdown. Okay. And uh, it was a mission just to order a cake, oh. like during wow. end of April. But I did. And after I post out about it, so many people come to ask me, how did you get a cake? cake. Mostly our Chinese friends. They yeah. were impressed that a foreigner can order a cake. Yeah, I don't know what's the, I mean, we had something similar going on, but we, uh, I forget what's the most expensive thing that I ended up wanting like chocolate or, or some ice cream. I think one of them was ice cream and Dairy Queen was selling like 200, 300, 400, yeah, just like you have yes. to, and I was like, where I, to put them? I would never buy so much ice cream nor for that much money, but also where, what are we going to do with so much ice cream? Like it's, we can't even fit it in the freezer. So at the end, we didn't end up ordering, but finally we found some other channels. And that's the thing that I can't really understand. It's like, um, at one point, the government's logistics systems failed, just mm. clearly failed. They had no control. They were just trying to work with the Juehues, the, the local committees. And people were just moved on. They said, you know what? We're doing our group buy things. Don't try to stop us because this is really like you guys... We're not going to rely on your goodwill, basically, because honest. I know some older people, obviously, they, they had to. They don't really know we, the technology. We, as I said, in Shukhu, we received a lot from the government. Uh, even we had shampoo, toilet paper, wow. uh, toothpaste, uh, stuff we didn't think about. And some foreign products like uh, steak and uh, shrimp and uh, I don't know what else to name. There were a lot of stuff. Uh, but yeah, it's still... Sometimes you have this uh, what you want, not what you get. And maybe we are used to these apps for so long oh, time. Yeah. Sometimes you just open the app, even you cannot order anything. You just keep every day going through these apps and this food, and then you order nothing and you sleep. Insane. That was like uh, really difficult. And you had to open to wake up at 6 or stay up until 6 if yeah. I watch the football match. And then you try to order this stuff on Meituan was like keep failed keep like pressing for mm. 20 minutes and nothing will be going through it was really difficult i think that's probably one of the things that bothered me because before this pandemic i i thought of of shanghai as it's it it has a very well developed kind of logistics system management system yeah you can have anything you want at your fingertips in 
30 minutes or less, doesn't matter what it is, five star or a can of Coke or anything, but suddenly you can see that when there is a little bit of a crisis, um, this kind of whole thing dissolves very quickly. It has no resilience. The issue that I want to turn a little bit more, besides your personal experience in lockdown, is as a, as a business owner. Because this pandemic, uh, this lockdown, was not just a couple days or a week or two weeks of kind of stringent orders. We were locked inside an apartment for two months for most people. So forgetting about the personal and, and psychological toll that that takes, there's also a very heavy financial cost True. on the city. And besides the financial cost in terms of GDP and all kinds of things like that, it also trickles down to, to kind of microeconomics. It's like there are business owners who are not making any money because they're stuck at home. Their, their products, their stock, whatever is probably going bad, but they also are not making any sales True. because they, they can't leave their apartments, their mm -hmm. business is locked up. So I can't imagine in a city like Shanghai, because obviously there's a lot of big companies here, I can't imagine what this effect has on small and medium-sized enterprises. Mm -hmm. So I want you to tell us a little bit about how you, especially being in kind of nightlife industry, if you would call that like entertainment, entertainment yes, how this basically affects it kind of um, what the, the lockdowns effect has been on Hunt, on your business. As a business. Yeah. Uh, as I said, uh, we shut down earlier in March before the April 1st thing. And uh, when April 1st started, that day at the same time, uh, the landlord actually was asking for the rent, which is the time actually to pay the rent in upfront for three months, which we were hesitating because we don't know what this six days announcement or four days announcement of lockdown is it really four days or not we were a bit skeptical because as i said in march we had experienced six days but that time they were supposed to be two or three days so they gave us a taste of oh we will give you a few days but is it extended to six so we thought this time would happen we were not expecting two months but uh, as i said he kept going back and forth uh, until we had to pay the rent then yes we had uh, until June, uh, June 1st until first time we opened wasn't officially opening but we had to just open for our friends because also as I said few months without opening was difficult uh, and but until now it's not easy to open and we are talking about end of June end of June so you closed um at the end of March, for clarification, you mentioned you guys did a mini yes. six-day lockdown at the end of yes. March. Yes, we did actually. Hunt was closed since mid of March. Mid March. So yes. you've been in lockdown. Hunt has been in lockdown for two and a half months, but also almost three months now because More, we're because end we're of still June. Not almost. allowed to open. So almost three, and it will mm. be three and a half months, basically. Yeah, almost like four, because also that, as I said, even the week. Uh, in March, we had even no business, even we were open. So almost like nothing. All March, gone, April, May, and June. And those actually very good season. We have in bar businesses, the good seasons and bad seasons. 
So you take the spring and autumn are a good season where people more out, more spending and uh, all of these more uh, uh, holidays. Mm -hmm. While you have the summer and winter are very hot or very cold and people not really out. Usually some people go to their hometowns and leave. So we are entering now the bad season time, which cannot be supported by the good season. So that also will be a domino effect for later, wow. what we know. I did not, yeah, I did not think of that. So basically, you're now at also on the bad season with summer we're, starting. We're like at the end of the good season because it's supposed to be Pride Month. Yeah. And uh, we are just now entering the bad season time, which is very hot weather. People not going out and probably they were going to their hometowns, finishing classes or schools or work, taking vacations, all of this. And many people need actually a vacation after lockdown. God, yes. I think that goes without saying. But um, tell us a little bit more about kind of um, for a bar business. You're running a bar business in Shanghai. What are kind of the, the main expenses that you, you incur as a business here to give people to understand? Because obviously people who are not business owners and who are not night, night kind of club. Hunt or is a big space, uh, 400 meters square. So the rent is high. And uh, plus you have utilities, you have uh, staff, you need to pay them. Uh, you have a lot of other things, as you said, also some stuff. We we were opening all the refrigerators, so we had also these high utilities during the lockdown, and we had to run uh, throw away a lot of stuff that expired, any fresh stuff, lemon and other stuff, or throw away milk, all of these. We had to shut down the machine for the beer, and we throw out, out all the barrels that expired, uh, because we cannot just keep cooling them for all the time. Uh, these things, besides when you, we came back, it was almost, outside was almost damaged. We made a whole garden with flowers and plants. Many things were damaged, dried, because no nobody to water them. Uh, there was lots of trash there. Some people were camping, sleeping, because the delivery people did not have a place to stay. And we have even feces somewhere around. Uh, it was really bad to see it when you come back, uh, dust and all of this. Uh, so yeah, there were a lot of these problems. Uh, and yeah, as I said, rent is still accumulating while you don't have any income during this period of time and will add up with the later people leaving. A lot of our customers will leave Shanghai. Uh, it keep hitting you like what will do do you want to keep going open or will, will you just shut down and close and both are bad yeah i mean i've, I've heard um, i'm not sure if there's if the government made any kind of stipulations that you've heard of as a business owner obviously you you get kind of notices from maybe the the district but did they did they say anything any kind of measures to support smaller medium kind of the size support will businesses? be for state on uh, businesses. So if you, if your bar or your restaurant are in one of these stoned end area like Shinfuli, for example, or the big malls, they all get at least six months free rent, which is great if we can get this. But uh, unfortunately, there is no promises for private ones. Even our landlord is a second landlord of another one. So will be different when you talk to them because he still need to talk to the one above, which is 
not uh, fair, but you can you can also understand their position. Of course, I mean, yeah, they're uh, so so. You're you're not your landlord is not a um, state kind of owned. No, okay, it's a private. Private. Yeah, I think that's probably the thing that most people don't understand is that the lockdown might be over. I mean, in international news, technically, the lockdown is over. But I think what many people don't understand is that um, actually it's not really over. There's nowhere to really eat outside for many places. There's nowhere to dine in. You have Mm -hmm. to take away. Um, We mentioned before, like all the gyms are mostly closed or operating secretly at risk of big fines if they open or God help them. If they get a case, the the owners or the managers are criminally responsible. You can get uh, your license removed. Oh, I mean, I think that's like the the absolute least. Yeah, I mean, you heard about the the incident in Beijing. Beijing, Yes. So I I don't know what bar it was, the name, but um, the bar owner, after they kind of had this huge mess with with close contacts, I think he was criminally charged with um, with kind of not doing pandemic measures and kind of operating covertly or whatever. So it it's a huge risk, but you think about it and you can also understand why people do this. It's not like they're trying to worsen the pandemic. It's like, hey, man, I have no income for two or three or four months. I need this work. I need my customers or my business is going to go under. We're still hoping that will be somehow something will happen, but there is no confirmation or any news that uh, there will be a special support for the businesses later. I've seen many have been closed and I hope we will not be closing. We are the biggest uh, LGBT venue in Shanghai at the moment and uh, keeping it is not just business, it's a community thing. I feel like responsible to keep it alive for all these people. Uh, we built it for so many uh, years as Hunter brand and uh, we thought about uh, as to make it all for all the community. No matter you are bear or drag or Chinese or foreigner, everybody welcome. So having Shanghai without a venue like this will be a huge problem later and like there's no venue anymore. So hopefully we will keep fighting until we get uh, something I think keep it up yeah i think that's what worries most of us because um like i said most of us knew hunt even before you 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 guys took it over personally as as your business we remember you were managing it and you were kind of really promoting this this kind of community and again it's not just a business obviously every business is is kind of suffering but also there are some businesses that are tied to communities and I think there's not exactly, it hasn't really sunk in yet that if you lose these um, businesses, the community is worse off for it in the end. Yes. So I think um, that that was part of why, because um, it was not, like I mentioned, it was not the only um, business that I had heard about that is struggling financially, especially in nightlife and entertainment. Um, there are many that people have been going, especially longtime residents of Shanghai, they've been going to that suddenly they're about to just turn off overnight. That's what. That's the problem, that many people even still not speaking out and that will be... In the months to come? Yeah, either in the months to come or you just suddenly you hear they are just shutting down and closing. So either way. 
Do you think there's going to be any, besides the government measures that they might give kind of some, some relief, do you think there's going to be a kind of surge in, like they call it revenge spending, they have this kind of term revenge spending, which we know it happens in different ways, but do you think for, for nightlife, do you think there's going to be maybe a, some kind of hope that in the months that we finally open, which we hope would be an end of June, really open, there will be some kind of lifeline that people will I just... I really hope so. I, I cannot... Uh, hope for more. Yeah, I think, as I said about the lockdown, we were when we were thinking about deadlines, uh, it kept coming and make you more down and more, more uh, depressed, let's say. So better don't have uh, a date in your mind and then you will be more easier. Just try to keep working and trying to figure out uh, ways to survive. And if this happened, amazing. If it didn't, at least you you don't have lots of hopes for it. Has the, the lockdown, has whatever this experience that you've been through both personally and as, as a business owner, has that changed either of your minds of, of staying in China? What do you what do you think about the future and, and your I've here. never thought about leaving China, but the question actually came during the lockdown. I've been here 15 years, and my boyfriend is Chinese, actually. And uh, but still, sometimes you think, how much can you take uh, all this together? There's a lot of pressure, and but also once you go to somewhere else, will this happen wherever they are? I mean. Lockdowns happened in Europe, in US. There's lots of other things going on. There's a war in Russia and Ukraine. There's many places in the world is not stable. So wherever you think you are stable in some place, might be not tomorrow. Uh, Thailand, for example, they suffered more in the first year than Shanghai suffered. And I know many also bar owners who had shut down between Babylon and uh, uh, brothers bar and so on so if you think okay let me move to somewhere else try to do something similar will this happen will this work especially i'm just fresh new out of my water to go to somewhere other water so let's hope we work it for us and the community and uh, we keep here until better things ha happen so I guess maybe as kind of a closing message, do you have any anything you want to tell them directly? Because obviously I think it's important, like you mentioned, for the community and, and Hunt's position within the community. So is there anything that you'd like to say? Uh, I would love to say that uh, we've been doing it here for years as a business and as a as like community. Uh, we volunteered in many ways. We did support the community for many, many events. Hopefully now the community understand if they are in Shanghai, support us more, come out more. We are coming, as I said, we are entering now the bad season time, so we need still more customers when, when everything opens. If they're not in Shanghai, support us, spread the word, send us love. If they can send us money or support from other organizations, we'll be very proud and happy about it. And uh, yeah, make the rainbow comes out after all these clouds. Well, we wish for the best and we'll try to get the word out as much as we can. Thank you. Thank you so much for talking with me today, Rami. 
All right, well, that's all for this episode, but don't worry because we have new intriguing anecdotes and adventures coming out each week to keep you sane and entertained. If you did like this episode, please leave us a rating and give us a shout out on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Better yet, share it on social media or any WeChat groups you're in. Likewise, if you have any thoughts or questions for us, or if you have a great story you'd like to tell us about your wild lockdown experiences, please leave a review because we'd love to hear about it. Catch you next time and stay hungry, Shanghai. A Talkomatic Media Production.